Thank you for joining us for this podcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our podcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us tonight and joining us in this live stream of our Sunday night uh, Bible study period. It is good to have each of you, as I have told you before, as I've told you before, I always, when I'm teaching or preaching, I always have my phone right here with me and I can see who's logged on. I can see who's watching. And, and I'm so glad to see your comments and your thumbs up and your praying hands and all of these different things. It's so good to you that you join us in this time. So, Tonight, what I want to do is I want to start a series of lessons entitled, Be Bold. Be Bold. Boldness is something that is um, just, just an amazing thought. You know, as I, one of the things that I love to do is I love barbecuing. I love barbecuing all kinds of different things. I, uh, this weekend, I barbecued a new recipe. I did a new smoke recipe of some competitive style chicken. And one of the things that I always try to do, always try to make sure as I'm, I'm seasoning things, as I want my seasoning, I want my flavor of my food to be bold. I want it when you bite into that you just taste that flavor, that you, you know you're eating something good, not just something bland. You know, we like boldness. We like our heroes to be bold and make bold statements and do bold things. But have you ever thought about as a Christian, Christianity is a lifestyle of boldness. It's a lifestyle of boldness, of doing, doing things that you wouldn't normally do on your own. It's doing things that through the, only through the power of God you have the willingness to step up and accomplish. And Joshua and the people of Israel are fixing to do something bold. And tonight's lesson is going to center around kind of the, the overreaching statement of the entire book of why we need to be bold. Our kind of theme of verse for this whole series comes from Joshua chapter one. And starting in verse seven, he says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. In this way, you may be successful. Keep the book of the law always on your lips and meditate on it night and day so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Be bold, he's saying. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you everywhere you go. Read that verse 9 again with me. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. Man, that's an awesome phrase. The Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. Let's kind of shift gears a little bit and let me ask you a question because as I've prepared for this lesson and I've thought about the relevance of this lesson kind of with where we are today, I ask you this, how often do you feel like you actually have your life under control. How often do you actually feel like you have your life under control? Like things are humming along, you know, the house is in order, uh, the stuff in life is reasonably organized and manageable, the to-do list feels, 
feels accomplished, and things are just generally going in a positive direction. I don't know about you, but over the last couple of months, control or in control is not how I have felt at all. We have had people telling us where we can go, when we can go, how far we can go, how many people we can go with, and what we have to wear when we get there. Does that feel like control? No. For so many of us, the last couple of months, our life has just kind of been turned upside down. We just, we, we just feel out of control. And yet when we're out of control, when we feel out of control, we have God there. And God's saying, look, I'm working on something. I'm doing something with you. I'm trying to teach you something in this moment. And he says, listen, all you need to worry about is not the control. What you need to worry about is, is trusting me. And if you're anything like me, I go, okay, God, trusting you, that's a great idea. Why don't you explain to me everything that I need to do so that I can trust you? And he goes, no, 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 no. All you need to worry about is the first step. Just take this first step and trust me. And I respond to God with, but God. And he responds before I can say anything else and just says, trust me. So in my own life and in your life, what does it mean to trust and walk with God? What does it mean to be one of his children? How do we live daily letting him be in control, letting him be Lord? And I want to take these questions with us into Joshua chapter 1, kind of the first lesson in this series, and see what God reveals to us from his word. So, so let's, let's open up our Bibles together and let's start together in verse 1. Of chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. I, I want you to understand something real quick before we go any further. This is a short sentence, but it's a, it's a powerful one because Moses is so highly revered. Moses is the man who led them out of bondage who they put their faith and trust in as they wandered in the wilderness. He guided them spiritually. He guided them physically. You get to the days of Jesus and you still see that Moses held a high place in the, in the eyes of the people that he led, the nation that he led. They even called the law, not the law of God, they called it the law of Moses. And so Joshua is following a living legend. He's following a living legend. And God's fixing to remind him of some things. He's fixing to show him, hey, look, I've got you. Don't worry about all the stuff that comes along with this, all the, all the outside noise. Just listen and trust me. And this is, this is what he begins to tell him. Verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give you to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite countries to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all of your days as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. 
because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Let's, let's stop right there. Let's talk about this promise. Let's talk about this promise together. The first thing we see in verse 3 is this promise that he's giving Joshua is not a new promise. He's actually reaffirming a commitment that he had made to Moses and even all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as he mentions later on in this text. But for the Israelites, the specific promise of the land, the territory, the, the promise of Abraham's descendants all coming to a, a head here. They're fixing to enter the, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, a, a land of prosperity. This story, this moment, everything leading up to it, the promise, it, it, it covers the majority of the first part of the Old Testament. This promise was the sustaining vision for the years of wandering. And finally, they are fixing to have their home and nation. As much as the land was promised and, and these words were promised, there's also another maybe more important promise that I believe is just as much still true today for us as it was for the people of Israel. And it comes in verse 5, and it's the promise of victory. It's the promise of victory. This is not a strictly Old Testament promise. Victory is something that we see all throughout Scripture. I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. If you have your Bibles in some form with you, whether it be a physical sword or a lightsaber today, go to Romans chapter 8 and pick up with me in verse 31. Pick up with me in verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Doesn't that echo what we just read? That he's going to be with the Israelites and no one's going to be able to stand up against them. He says, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. How will he not also go along with him graciously give us all things? Verse 33, who will bring any charge against those who God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written? For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Not just conquerors, but more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angel nor demon, neither the present nor the future or any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul's words are that we are more than conquerors through Christ. I wonder how different our life would be if we really lived that reality every day. If we walked around knowing that victory was assured. If we went into every situation claiming the promise that no one can stand up against us. I don't know what situation you're standing up against in your life today. But I do know that God has promised us victory. He has promised triumph 
Whatever you need, whatever battle you're engaged in, God has already dealt with it. You are more than a conqueror through him. Now that last phrase is a significant one. Because you see, we aren't mighty warriors on our own. It's not that we are so skilled and capable and able to manage everything. On the contrary, we are weak and even helpless. Kind of like the people back in the book of Joshua. A bunch of people whose parents were brick-making slaves and who they themselves didn't know anything but desert wandering. How could they fight against strong, fortified cities full of warriors and the latest uh, technology and strategies in military training? And yet, just like the promise in Romans to us, the story of Joshua is a story of conquest. It's a story of promise that God is going to fight for his people and that he will always be there. But here's the secret to the promise. The battle is not ours. The battle is the Lord's. If we try to fight this battle on our own, we will surely lose. But if we rely on him, if we trust him, if we obey what he has commanded us to do, whatever struggle we face, whatever attack we come upon, we will see God's victory. So the promise of victory is also for us. But there's also a second promise that is just as powerful. It's the promise of God's presence. What incredible words for Joshua. Go back and look in chapter 1 and verse 5. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Those very words are echoed in the New Testament to us. Jesus even tells us, surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the ages. Just as the Israelites didn't enter the promised land alone because they had Joshua, so also we don't enter the events of our lives alone either. We get up in the morning and Jesus is there. We go to work or to school, Jesus is there. We go home, we go throughout the events of our evening, we go to sleep and Jesus is there. Now, yes, it's true that there's times that we don't always feel his presence. We aren't always aware that God is right there beside us. But that doesn't mean that this promise of God is not true. Maybe think of it this way. Maybe think of it in, in, in a sense of radio waves broadcasting a radio station. All the time, everywhere you go, our area around us is full of radio waves. But you can't hear them. Not until you turn your radio on and tune into the frequency. And that's how it is with God. His presence is always with us, but we aren't always tuned in. We aren't always listening to his voice. We aren't always seeking to understand what he is doing around us or through us. I tried to imagine what would it be like if we lived constantly tuned in. Would life be easier? Would we see less challenges? Probably not. Matter of fact, if we're tuned in to God all the time, we're going to probably see more challenges from Satan. But would it be better? Absolutely. 
Would I be full of more love, more joy, more peace, all of these things that the Holy Spirit wants to give me in abundance? Definitely. Would I see God's kingdom strengthened and growing as I used my gifts in the way that God is giving them to give me power? Absolutely. I wouldn't find myself on the outside looking in. I would find myself in the middle of the action, working hard for the kingdom. But now here's the million dollar question. How do we stay tuned in? How do we stay tuned in? Well, for that, let's look at the next section. Pick up in verse six with me. Joshua chapter one, verse six through verse nine. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So the next thing he tells us, he says, hey, look, be strong and courageous. It's a command repeated over and over in this chapter. Three times from God to Joshua, once by the nation of Israel themselves. It's an encouraging command, but it's a scary command as well. When do we need courage? Not when life is easy. Not when things are humming along and everything is running smoothly and everything is under control. We need courage when we're facing danger, when we're facing opposition. And when do I need strength? I need strength when I'm joining in the battle. We need strength when facing difficulties. We need strength when enemies surround us and threaten us. We need strength not to sit in the bleachers, but to go down onto the field and participate in the game. But what is the basis of our courage? And our strength is the same thing we discovered in the last promise in verse 5. It's the presence of God. The presence of God. That is the message that is repeated over and over. We don't need to be afraid because God is with us. We don't need to tremble because He will not leave us. We don't need to fear the battle because the battle belongs to the Lord. But once again, how do we tune in to His presence? Well, he tells us in verse 7 and 8. Look at verse 7 again. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave you. The first key to being tuned into God is obedience. We learn how to walk with God by obeying his commands. And notice what the scripture says as he's talking to Joshua. He says, you don't just obey some of them. You obey all the law. And a little further, he's going to say, don't turn from them from the right or to the left. Obedience is the first key to knowing the presence of God in your daily life. Sometimes that becomes automatic. Sometimes we have to work harder and harder at it. But to experience the fullness of God's presence, we have to be obedient. But verse 8 tells us the second key. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it night and day so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. 
And so the second key, the second answer to the question of how do we tune in to God? What do we obey? He tells us, it's my word. You meditate on it. You immerse yourself in it. You surround yourself in it. All day and all night. He says, let it be constantly on our lips. If you desire to experience God's presence more fully in your life, ask yourself, how much time do I spend in the Word of God? Not just reading it. Not just reading it. Not just having the verse of the day. But soaking it in. Meditating on it. Memorizing it. Carrying it with you all day long. And mulling over the depth of meaning and how to live out what it says. I can guarantee you that if the only time you're plugged into the Word of God is in the moments you watch these live streams or sit in this building and listen to preachers preach, you're not experiencing the presence of God as fully as He desires for you to. The other side of that is when we immerse ourselves in God's Word, reading it, meditating on it, we experience the nearness of God and His power for our lives. Now, the last idea here we see through the end of the chapter, picking up in verse 10 through 18, we see the preparations that are going to be made by the Israelites to enter in to this land of promise. Let's pick back up in our text right there. Verse 10. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, we will cross the Jordan here to go and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you, will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, ready for battle, must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they said to Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. So we've seen the promise of God for victory and for his presence. And we've seen that the key to experiencing his presence is spending time meditating on his word. But the last eight verses of this chapter describe the preparation that Joshua and the people had to follow to get ready to take the promised land. He gives them three whole days to pick up everything and prepare to move. 
And there's a fascinating point here in verses 12 through 15. Joshua addresses a very specific portion of the nation of Israel, and it's a portion that had already been granted their part of the promised land on the east side of the Jordan. But Joshua reminds them that they have to cross over and fight for their brothers. In fact, they cross over in front of their brothers. And that stuck out to me. Stuck out to me that we have to fight for each other. You know, it's not enough to just have our own lives under control. Our own battles fought and won. We have to fight for one another. Sometimes we fight with one another. Sometimes we think all we have to do is fight our own battles and not pay attention to what's going on around us with others. But neither of those are right. We have to stand shoulder to shoulder and fight for one another, especially in times of relative peace in our own life. We have to let others know that we're there with them. One of the things that I want to challenge you with tonight, maybe for our older members, our older members who maybe think their time has passed, their relevancy is over, and they're not as important as they once were. You were just as important to this church as ever, and we're going to see this in a lesson about Caleb a little on down the road. You have great things to teach us, great lessons that we can learn from you, and you also have a maturity in a prayer life that younger Christians do not. So continue to fight with us. Continue to pray with us, to minister with us, to enjoy fellowship with us. We've been promised victory. We've been promised God's presence. As a church, Man, we're right smack dab middle in one of the biggest challenges. The last two months has been one of the biggest challenges that the church has faced in years. The disconnectedness, man. I mean, look, you all see me standing here where you normally see me if you're in this room. But I look into this room today, and it's empty. It's empty. All I can see from where I'm standing is the very top bald part of Neil's head. And I love Neil, and I appreciate everything Neil's done. But I wish I could see more of you in here. I wish that we could be together. I wish we could wrap our arms around one another. I wish we could have Holy Communion together. I wish we could go to God in prayer together. I wish I could hear your voices lifted up in song as they go into the throne room of God. And I wish we could do that together. We're not far from crossing the Jordan. We're not far from walking into our new normal. And as we do, I want to remind you that even in this difficult time, we have victory in God. We have the promise of his presence, whether we're here together or whether we're separated in our homes. God is with us. God is standing there beside us. No matter where we go, he is on our side. And me plus God plus you equals the majority. No one can stand up against us. No one can overcome the things in our mission. So I encourage you this week to stand on these words.
to find hope in these words, to grab onto the promise of God and let it direct your life in a bold way. Let's go to God in prayer. God, tonight we pray for boldness. We pray for action in our lives. We pray for the ability to do things that we've never done before, to be effective in ways that we never thought imaginable in our own life. Help us to understand the importance of boldness through your name, that you have lifted us up, that you have made us a new creation. You have made us a spiritual being by giving us your Holy Spirit that you have gone ahead of us and fought the battles and answered the prayers and you have got work out there for us to do that you have made specifically for us. Help us to stand up and take hold of those things and to be bold. Thank you for Jesus and the boldness of the cross. Thank you for what that leads us to, what that offers us, the promise that is in the cross. Bless us, God. Give us strength. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Again tonight, as we always do, we remind you that our doors are always open. Our phones are always on. Our hearts are always ready to listen to whatever burdens you may be carrying, whatever challenges you may have in your life, whatever need you may have. At any time, call me. Call the office. Call our leaders. Share your burdens if you need to. Thank you for your time tonight, and I hope you have a very, very bold and blessed week. May God bless you. Thank you for being with us tonight. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. Our Sunday worship services are at 10.30 a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. with Bible classes on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again, and until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for our community.